Hello, and welcome to True Horrors with Meg and Rachel. Every week, we discuss a horror film and the true stories that inspired, influenced, or bear striking resemblance to them. Be warned for spoilers and adult themes. I'm Rachel. And I'm Meg. And this is True Horrors. Why, hello, everyone. Oh, hi. Surprised to see you here. We've done this exact opening like four times. (laughs) Well, maybe you should start saying words when it starts. I'm just saying, like, I'm just acknowledging that it's something we've done. Like, I don't know how to open this, but that's why you always do it. Next one, I'm just going to stare you down until you say something. And we'll just have, like, audio silence. And then you'll go, hey. And I'll go, hey. It's funny, Meg. There won't be silence. It'll get edited out. I won't let him. I'll be like, Matt have the silence in there they'll be like what did I hit play is it like is uh, it did, is it going is it going did cast box suddenly close again that's one of my my things no <laughs> one gets that reference cast box is my podcast app that I, I know <laughs> only you okay so it was your pick this week it was I chose night of the living dead the original from 1968 and before I even started watching it, I wrote on the top, like, God, I really hope this holds up given my track record this season. I've picked a lot of classics that ended up being terrible. Mm-hmm. This was not one of them. This one was exactly as good as I remember it being. Um, so you had seen it. I'd never seen yes, it before. I had so seen it one time. I wrote, this is what I wrote at the top of my page. I know two things about this movie. Mm-hmm. Zombies and how it ends. Great. Because it's one of the most famous endings Mm -hmm. in horror history. I had forgotten the ending until like the scene came up and I was like, oh my God, that's, I mean, we'll get to that later, but. (laughs) No, so I was thinking it the whole time. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it the whole time because I knew they all end up dead and Ben ends up dead in a pretty devastating way. Yeah. I mean, I liked this movie. I will say I liked it a lot better at around the 45 or 50 minute mark when it stopped being just Ben and Barbara because Barbara was not holding her own. A character that's gone completely um, catatonic is not a good scene partner. No. (laughs) So once they added other people, I was like, okay, we're in it. Like we're in this. Like um, it sped up a lot. There was a point where I was like, do they even need dialogue in this movie? Because there doesn't seem to be any. Like there were... I wrote, I need more, more talking, more zombies, just more of something. More of something. like. And they added more people. They took the note. You didn't like all the construction scenes? (laughs) So many construction scenes. Also, can we talk about Barbara's contribution? Those tiny ass little pieces of wood. (laughs) The fuck are we going to do with that, Barbara? (laughs) I mean, it at this point, that should have just been like a montage with yes. like a song in the background. I was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. But back to the beginning, I was like, I was really roasting Johnny in the beginning. Yeah. I definitely thought he was, again, I didn't know anything about it. I thought he was going to be a character throughout it. And I was just roasting him the whole time. But I was like, you only have to make this drive once a year. Yes. Stop complaining. Also, also, it's three hours. Yes. Six hours round trip. So the thing that gets me is why did they leave at 5 p.m.? That's such a weird time to leave for a trip that's going to take 
all day. Like, and she gives him shit about like taking so long to get ready. I'm like, what did he wake up at three o'clock? Like, how did it take him the entire day to get ready for this, this trip? Even if you want to be generous and say that they started so late, they stopped for dinner. It still means they left at like four. Yes. So yeah, it would mean that like maybe he slept till like 12 or one, which like I'm not judging, but I am judging on the day that you know you have to drive mm-hmm. six hours round trip to put a wreath on your father's grave or whatever they were putting on his grave. It definitely had flowers though, because yeah. she said it might've been one of those flower cross-shaped flower, flower-shaped crosses. Mm-hmm. But either way, like, and then he's like bitching about it and like, oh, they probably just fix it up and resell you the whole one. I was just like, you're in, are you going to be like this? The whole zombie apocalypse? Like, <laughs> instead he died. Um, also didn't get that they were siblings. And it, once I found out they were siblings, it annoyed me a lot less. Because yeah. I was like, oh yeah, if he was your boyfriend or your husband and it was his father, I would be like, he's being a real dick. But mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, he's just being a sibling. Like, yeah. But also it's your father. Like what a weird vibe to bring. Like what, what did he abuse your whole family or something? Like, no, he said it's because he doesn't really remember him. And so I was like, so your father died when you were young and all Mm -hmm. your mother asks is that you once a year put something on his grave and you're like, I don't even remember the guy. Like, like, no, it didn't seem like they had any, like they didn't bring up any kind of complaints except that he doesn't remember him. Right. And I also have no idea who the older sibling is. So like, do neither of them remember him? Does Barbara remember him, but he doesn't like, I guess I kind of assumed he was the older sibling from the graveyard story of when they came to visit it because he was kind of making it seem like she wouldn't remember that as well Mm -hmm. as he does. So it made me think he was older, but it was also like a weird amount of background when you're going to kill him and she's never going to speak again. Um, which I can make this complaint throughout the entire movie, but I just kept shouting, how do you know each other's names? Because they just kept introducing names, but never saying when they said them. I literally went to IMBD because I was like, I couldn't take the fact that I didn't know Ben's name for so long. It took a really long time. It took a really long time. And then it's not that he introduces them. Someone mentions him and I'm like, how do you... What? So that's the scene you cut is them having an introduction, but I have to see every piece of wood get put up. Like, also, I've never seen zombies like this. I've never mm-hmm. seen the OG type of zombie. I have to say, respect for the OG, but like, we've improved upon them. And I don't mean the fast moving, I like slow moving right. zombies. I mean the fact that they know how to use tools and have critical thinking skills. I just have a lot of questions about that. Like, and I know that he wasn't getting deep into the mythology. It Mm -hmm. was the first movie. But like the fact that they had such critical thinking capability Mm -hmm. and could use tools and plot, like, I don't like that. Not in a sense of like danger. It was more like, huh? Mm -hmm. Like- I like when not... he picked up that rock and burst in the car door, I was like, what the fuck? Is yeah. he actually not a zombie? Well, never mind. <laughs> it's going to tread too much on my story later. And I haven't seen any of Romero's other zombie movies, but I get the impression they're always 
kind of like that. They always have the ability to use tools and have a little bit of critical thinking, but I can't say for certain. Yeah, not a fan of that. I do like, like I said, I do prefer a slow moving zombie. Mm -hmm. I think when they can move fast, I'm just like, eh. you know, like I'm less like about that. But again, the idea of them being mindless is something mm -hmm. that like, it's weird, but them being able to use tools makes me less afraid of them. And I don't know why that is, but I was like, oh yeah, you're going to pick up that rock, but you don't understand that like this stick has fire on it. Like you're like, <laughs> yeah, because they're terrified of fire. Like, like either they understand, either they understand or they don't. Like me <laughs> bursting out, holding a torch, being like, "Let's have a discussion right now," because I'm guessing some of you can talk or some bullshit. <laughs> like, they also go from early in the film. Ben says that they don't make any noise to groaning a lot by the end of it just saying pick a lane exactly and the thing is is when you're was this the first mainstream zombie movie like did he invent the concept yes as we know no. it yes and no again that's gonna that's what i'm gonna talk about later but the modern zombie that we think of he invented so i guess when you're doing that you don't have to you don't just don't have to figure things out as much mm -hmm. you know be, but like if you're building on that you need to have some kind of strict rules, you know? Right. Yeah, um, there, there is no genre for him to work within. It's, which again, that's why they never call them zombies in this. They they get called ghouls, not zombies. People- Well, they don't call them zombies in The Walking Dead either. Well, yes. Despite how much that annoys me. <laughs> that's a conscious choice on their part for, <laughs> I mean, it's a conscious choice on Romero's part too, but like, people in the real world just started calling them zombies. So he was like, fine, they're zombies. Oh, that's interesting. We'll get to that's it. That's really interesting. Um, also that car crash, what the fuck is up with her? Is she just trying to go for an award of the most useless person in a horror movie? She like is. she was not driving that fast. It's not like we saw it <laughs> crash. She just careened into a tree. Yeah. It reminded me just... of the, oh, go on. I was gonna say she could have just, backed up and kept going <laughs> yes it also didn't seem like the car was damaged it reminds me of the first time i ever hit something with my car which it was like the kind of rocks they put um like decorative rocks and i was avoiding a squirrel but like i didn't slam on my brakes i just like i wasn't going that fast so i just mm -hmm. kind of scraped it and it was like oh well you know what i did i pulled back and then i kept driving yep like um, the car was still functional yeah no, every now and again, as I was watching this movie, again, because I had seen it before, she would, there, like, they were, I was kept playing a game where I was like, I think that's the last time Barbara speaks in this entire movie. And then, like, 10 minutes later, she'd say one thing, and I'm like, oh, I think that's the last time. I think that's Barbara's last line. And she just kept occasionally saying things. I mean, I just kept losing that game. Hell, I um I half expected the zombie to get behind the wheel of the car and chase her. I mean, who's to say here? Just like <laughs> coming for her, just in the car, be like, this car is perfectly fine. I wonder why she left it. Like, pick Go up some zombie house. friends. Yeah, eat some eat some brains over at the next house. Um, These people are working too hard. Let's go find an easier meal. Yeah. Um, no, she was, I mean, she wasn't the obviously the worst person in this mm -hmm. movie. 
But also, I was really afraid halfway through that we weren't going to get any other characters. And I was like, there have to be more characters. I'm (laughs) sure there are. Because she was giving Ben nothing. And Mm -hmm. let me just say that Ben is my hero in every respect. Um, I love him. Mm -hmm. But also, it's, it's one of those things where I'm also like, I love him, but I also feel like he's the way I would react in this situation. So there's a bit of that line Mm -hmm. of like, is it that I see myself in him, that I love him? Is it both? But like um, the way he was behaving, I was like, wow, like he is on it. He got it. Can you give him anything? Like he was so like good. Like Mm -hmm. he he took control of that situation. He was not panicking. He took control of everybody's situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was right to slap her. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like she was freaking, I was like, your brother's dead. He's not going out there to, I'm like, and if this is really a good movie, we're going to see him again so we can come eat you. And then we did. Yeah. And, but no. And then when he, she slapped Ben and Ben slapped her back. I was like, good. Good." (laughs) I had two reactions. One, which is God, apparently that's just the way you solve all hysterical women in black and white movies. And two, you hit her way harder than she hit you. (laughs) I I definitely respect that, though, because I'm like, she needed a nap. Like when she she, she went nap. to sleep, I was like, she needed a timeout. Like she <laughs> needed a severe timeout. I just even in normal crises and Rachel mm-hmm. knows this, I kind of can't stand when people panic like that. I have more of like everything kind of slows down methodical Mm -hmm. thinking like it seems like Ben does and so when somebody gets that hysterical I mean I would I can't say I would never slap someone if I'd been in Ben's situation (laughs) I would but I never have in my life but I get that urge where I'm just like stop it if you can't handle things sit in the corner take a nap like recharge your batteries come back and join the group when you've calmed the fuck down like I also wrote and I don't know if this is going to get too far off into the weeds but I wrote heat of the night walked so this movie could run <laughs> which Rachel gets that reference but it's one of my favorite movies of all time and Sidney Poitier who um, is an African-American man slaps a white man across the face and it was the first time that was done and this movie came out a year before that and that movie was saying something about race which we're going to talk about what this movie was mm-hmm. or wasn't saying but when I saw that I was like Heat of the Night had to come first because I know <laughs> that Heat of the Night happened first. And like, yeah, that's another um, slap. I, I'm like, that's my number one favorite movie slap. We'll, we'll get to it when we, you know, really dive into it. But this scene was not written specifically for a black man. It was no, just I know. written. Uh, he was just cast because he was the better one. So like the, the best actor. So that scene was clearly written with a white guy in mind and they just didn't they just didn't change it which Which i also think i i know i was gonna say i think a lot of this stuff not changing because it was colorblind casting Mm -hmm. is a real power move but i also we'll get to it but i'm also like you can't have not known what you were doing when you cast him like i understand he was the best but it gives this movie such depth that Uh we will get to we will get to again romero claims like to this day he was not trying to make a point i'm like fuck you man yes you were (laughs) i i understand he was the best but then when you cast him you didn't think hey this reads a little different this hits Uh a little different 
um when he is apparently the only black man in the world yes like <laughs> got some whole star wars vibe going on there <laughs> like um i just kept writing have they exchanged names because nope. they didn't nope um but you know what barbara was right you know what we needed in that montage a creepy music box you know yeah. good for her the fuck what was that why i don't know i mean i was like why are you doing that like is is it not sufficiently weird enough like you're like oh look at this music box from this dead woman right i mean it's already a zombie apocalypse we should maybe add some ghosts to it <laughs> i feel a spiritual connection to this man that i wrote seriously bitch calm down <laughs> like when he was like you need to take a minute i was like she really does though mm -hmm. several minutes like then well, yeah. when she was like, we need to go get Johnny. I was like, let her go. She is clearly dragging you down. Open I, the door and be like, bye. I thought the same thing. It's like, just <laughs> let her go. Like she's worse than useless right now because it's not that she's not helping. She's actively hurting you at this point. So let's go to when those people came and I had to rewind it because I was like, how did they get in? We had to watch for two hours of my life while they boarded <laughs> this up. And then they were in the cellar. And I was like, drag him, Ben, because they clearly heard Barbara screaming uh -huh. and they stayed down there like cowards. Mm -hmm. Like, and he wouldn't let it go. He wouldn't let it go. And I'm like, don't let it go uh -huh. because they're lying. He's And then I wrote, Mr. Cooper is going to be a problem. And Ben already oh, yeah. knew. Mm -hmm. Like, of ben read that ben situation. Re ben <laughs> Ben's been in that situation a bunch of times. This is the kind of stuff where I'm like, Romero, are you really telling me you weren't saying anything yes. there? Because Ben was like, no, I'm not giving you the gun. You're not doing anything. Sh like, shut up. Oh, and oh, I'm sorry. This is the moment where I was like, this movie needs to become real. I'm going to save Ben's life and then I'm going to marry him. Mm -hmm. And it was the point where he said, it's tough for that kid that her old man is that stupid. Yes. It's the <gasps> best line in the whole movie. Oh my God. <laughs> that was, it was savage. It was amazing. Like and he just thought of that on like just off the top of his head. And I wrote, I would marry him. You should, you should marry him. Your wife knows you're a coward. Mm-hmm. She did. That was the thing. She wasn't like, oh, honey, she knew he was a coward. She was like, yeah, we heard them screaming like, yeah. Oh, my God. And then, of course, I was like, oh, that child's been bit, hasn't she? Uh huh. I was like, ooh, she's been bit. She's been bit. She's been bit. Which, like, is, is a real fun Chekhov's gun for us having lived, you know, our whole lives with zombie movies being a genre. But can you imagine the mind fuck that must have been for people seeing it in theaters? Oh, I definitely thought that she was going to, that that Chekhov's gun was going to go off a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. So I thought Judy was going to get it. I thought when they sent Judy down there, I thought gotcha. she was going to get bit by the little girl, which didn't happen. But I kept waiting again because right. I know the genre. I kept waiting for her to zombify. Um, oh, also, again, just a little tip that you wouldn't know. The writer of the walking dead like the comic books he's mm -hmm. recently said that because it's never seen the comic books how this happened that mm -hmm. it's something from space and i never realized because i didn't know this i'm like oh it, it's it's, it's a ref from venus he didn't say that exactly he said it comes from space i'm like oh that's that's why he like that's why he said that like mm -hmm. the every single time the television turned on 
I was overjoyed because they were all hilarious. Every single <laughs> one of those cutaways was hilarious. Like, I just kept waiting, though, when they were interviewing those military people. I was like, come on, come on, have a zombie get them. Have a zombie get them right now while they're talking about it not being a thing. There was a point when, like, the the news anchor was talking and a man, like, walked into the background. And I thought that he was going to be a zombie and he was going to eat the anchor live on the air. I really wanted that to happen. Mm -hmm. I have to feel like I have to feel like if this movie was made today, it definitely would. Mm -hmm. Like you'd have more stuff like that. But I really liked this movie because I like the sort of like a the play feel as far as like other than the cutaways, which could be done with like a voiceover and Barbara running in. It's all done with just the house, mm -hmm. and I think that's really. I think when you don't give yourself a lot of settings, you really have to rely on your characters, which is why at the beginning I was like, Barbara's going to need to start talking like a real person. But I was like, oh, never mind. We have different characters. Well, and this goes to a point that we made a while back in this season. This was an incredibly low budget movie. Mm -hmm. And when there are two directions you can go when you have a low budget movie, you can use that as a strength or you can just not know what the fuck you're doing at all. Um, exactly and they knew exactly like this and halloween are two really low budget movies where they knew how to work with that extremely low budget a hundred percent i wrote cooper is going to do something dumb i know it in my bones i also love when he tried to grab barbara and ben was like you're leaving her alone you're doing what mm -hmm. i say you're shutting the fuck up yes in that order i was just like <laughs> in that order damn ben you tell him um Wow, that did not go well. Like when they went out to when do they went the, to get the gas, that did not go mm -hmm. well, Rachel. It really, really didn't. And the thing is, the that kid I have already forgotten his name, but that kid Jimmy. went out with it's Jimmy, Jimmy, like all young boys in like the sixties and fifties. So he went out because he supposedly like knew what to do with the truck and the gas pump and everything, and he very clearly did not. I know Ben couldn't go out alone because it was a two-person job, but I kind of feel like he would have had better luck if he had gone alone. Why did Judy run out? I don't know, just to ruin everything. Like, like I didn't really see what the... At first, I thought Cooper... Like, I knew Cooper wasn't going to let them back in, but I thought she was seeing that, and then I realized she wasn't. And so I mm -hmm. didn't know what it was that made her do that. But there was way too much of a pause between him getting out of the truck and then realizing she wasn't and going back to her where I honestly mm -hmm. thought she was committing suicide. Uh, because be. like, but then she was like, my coat's stuck. But it was like, there was such a pause that I was like, it would be a lot more panicky. Like my coat, like, and right. I was like, what are you doing? Also, I can't believe they shot at the gas tank, at the, yes. or at the pump. I mean, it worked. So. It did. But when he wouldn't let and Ben burst down the door and then beat mm -hmm. the crap out of him, yes. I was like, yes, this is the kind of stuff that they don't do enough anymore, which is when someone acts like that in a movie, like it's usually mm -hmm. like they yell at them, but I'm like, beat him up. Like yeah. he's gone from being totally useless to a hindrance. He mm -hmm. tried to kill Ben, basically. Yep. The absolute worst. And then, of course... I know what's going to happen because I've mm -hmm. seen this. But when they're interviewing, I was like, and then they mentioned the same town. And I was like, is that the exact mob that's going to murder Ben? Mm -hmm. And it was. It was. 
And like, but it also, I do love that this movie accurately depicts what I've always thought about a zombie apocalypse, which mm-hmm. is that it could be easily handled. Yes. By, just like, you know, very the world's easily. largest military. Like. <laughs> yes. And you don't even like having a gun in this situation is great, but you don't need one. Cause if they're not like 28 days later zombies, which I think those are the fast moving zombies, mm-hmm. you just have to hit them in the head with like a very long instrument so you're not getting mm-hmm. too close to them. Right. And they're gone. Like the idea that you could get rid of it in a couple of days, like, and be able, and also technology. Like right. in our day and age, there'd be people like tweeting, like headshot, headshot, burn the bodies. Like, and be like <laughs> oh, okay, great. Yeah. Like there'd be like a, there'd be like a TikTok set up being like, okay, this is what you do. <laughs> if you encounter the undead now, I'm using a pistol, but you can use any gun you have at home or a hammer. My friend will be using a hammer to show you that way. Like, I've always felt like it would get, it, much like how when we talked about um, Banjo Dog's face movie. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yes. When we talked about Invasion of the Body Snatchers, we talked about how most alien invasions should end with our complete annihilation, mm-hmm. but they don't. Most zombie apocalypses should be with us winning but Mm. they never are like they're always with the complete destruction of the world Mm -hmm. and i'm sort of like i guess there are probably people who are thinking if you watched fear you know how it would happen but i don't watch fear so i don't know how it happened i just assume it did (laughs) um yeah which doesn't mean that there's no scary there's nothing scary about a zombie apocalypse the thing is you have to survive the night maybe a couple of days yes which is still scary it's still a scary couple of days until the military shows up which again this movie does very well it's it's one night until a bunch of people with guns show up and the thing is is that i almost think that there's a level of tension then with the idea of knowing that you're waiting for something to come they didn't know they were waiting but if you knew then it is really about surviving the night and that adds like stakes to the sense mm-hmm. of like this isn't going to go on forever they just need to make it till sunrise right. like that kind of thing um oh i don't know why they gave up on the molotov cocktails they should have thrown more of them like they had a lot of jars and that was a good plan because they're destroyed by fire and they're afraid of fire. It was a good plan. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know why we stopped doing that. Um, I don't know. I was mostly thinking about how I've always wanted to huck a Molotov cocktail. I've always wanted to huck a grenade, <laughs> which is the same energy, but a different. I'm an Aries. You're a Libra. Like... Yes. <laughs> Very much that, that energy. (laughs) Um, Oh, another thing Ben did that was amazing was shoot him when he tried to take the gun or he did take the gun and was like, get down to the basement, which I was like, your daughter's there to murder everyone. And then he just shot him. And I loved that. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I love this. I love the song. Um, Mm -hmm. And then she came alive and started eating him. And then she stabbed the wife with the worst instrument for stabbing, which I don't totally understand because she stabbed her, but it didn't seem like she was then eating her. Like she just went back to eating the father. I was like, are you just like saving her? Like this is another thing where I don't find it as scary because I'm like, if she was just mindlessly trying to eat her mother alive, I find that more scary Mm -hmm. than like taking a gardening tool, you know, tool and just trying to like, stab her with it like I just don't find that but 
And apparently they can climb stairs. I got that answer for myself. <laughs> like, can they climb stairs? Um, and then I literally wrote, this is how it is in my notebook. Oh, back to just Barbara and Ben. Oh, wait, nope. Because <laughs> as I was writing it, she died. Yeah. Well, at least she got to see Johnny one last time. <laughs> I just... And then the rest of the movie was extremely painful because I knew what was going to happen to Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was right around the time that I was like, oh, that's right. They're going to shoot him. I also wrote, because we've talked a couple of times about, we've had we've had a couple movies this season that just end, like extremely abruptly and with no like resolution. And this movie is the same way, but this works. It's just a very abrupt, and this is another reason where I'm just like, Romero, there's no way you didn't know what you were doing because- you just ended it and then you had like the credits go over like newsreel footage type stuff like and then burning his body which yes. i was like wow to my those, husband you knew what those images looked like there was no dialogue after that it very much read as romero being like yeah i said what i said and i'm done do you have any more jokey stuff or are we ready are we ready to get into it i think we're ready okay i will believe that when he wrote this movie, he wasn't intending for Ben mm-hmm. to be black. But then when he saw, and I'm so, last Walking Dead thing, but there's mm-hmm. a character in The Walking Dead who's named after the actor who Good. plays Ben. Good. Um, And when they cast him because he gave a great one, I don't believe for a second he didn't lean back in his chair and go, well, that'll be interesting, won't it? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't believe you. I don't either. Like, like, no, there's a story that like when he after they had finished filming it and like editing it and everything, he was literally like driving it somewhere when Dr. King was assassinated. He says he kind of like was kind of like, huh? And I don't believe you. Like, I don't I don't believe you, Romero. Like, I don't believe that was the first time it ever occurred to you. I think you said that because it was 1968 and you wanted to be able to make more movies after this, which is yes. fine. But like, 100%. you've made so many movies and you were the king of zombies. You can admit it now. <laughs> be like, yeah, I did do it. I do yes. exactly what I was doing. Like, I was trying to think if it's to me the most heartbreaking ending in horror and it's up there for me because Mm -hmm. Ben did everything right. And Ben was a great horror hero. Mm -hmm. He was, he was great. And um, he was noble, but without being so stupid that I'm like, maybe not be so (laughs) stupid about it. Like he beat the shit out of Cooper. Like he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. The other reason I call bullshit is then why not have another single black man in this Romero? Cause there isn't Mm -hmm. like nowhere. It's not even like he threw some of them into the gun mob and I'm like, Oh, so they're all white men, Mm -hmm. but you didn't, you weren't saying anything about not. They just shot him. They didn't even yell out to be like, hey, are you a person? Because they yeah. don't speak, apparently. So you could just and he's far enough away that you could have mm-hmm. been like, are you a person? And he'd be like, I am. They'd be like, sweet. Yeah. Like, no, they just shot him in the head without mm-hmm. knowing. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so senseless that having that at the end, especially since it's not as heavy on the zombies as some later movies do. There's a lot, I'm sorry, there's a lot of commentary in this. Right. Uh, And like, it's there. And I almost think it's better because they don't explicitly, like Cooper at no point is 
outwardly racist. Mm -hmm. And I think that's better that it isn't like, ooh, see, and like he just was like, I'm not going to take orders from a black man. It's like, ooh, like, no, he was just being part of it. Yes. You just know when you're watching it that that's part of it mm -hmm. and like part of his issue. Like, but you don't have to, but you're not get, get gotten off the hook by him being explicitly racist mm-hmm. because that's a good way to make people feel separated from characters. Right. Whereas like when they're performing microaggressions, it's more difficult to separate yourself as a white person, mm-hmm. but it was incredible. Like he was, mm-hmm. and also you're talking about casting someone when there had never been a horror movie with a black lead before. Mm-hmm. And again, he's so good and competent and right about everything. Mm-hmm. And everyone who else is in it is white and just different shades of like fucking it up. Like, yes. yeah. And it still doesn't matter. Like, no. And I, I am obviously not the first person who's ever said this, but there's no way this movie becomes a classic. If Ben is a white man, there's no way because like, they did the studio didn't even copyright this, this movie. This movie is in the public domain, which is how I have it on DVD with like a huge collection of other old horror movies because those are all in the public domain. Like they didn't know what they had and they wouldn't have had it had Ben been a white actor. That's because without Ben as um a black man, this plays like a bad 70s movie where it's like back in, you know, um the 70s there'd be all those sci-fi movies that ended in really messed up ways or like a not very good twilight zone and i say not very good because most twilight zones are boss um Mm -hmm. but this plays like a really good one like a great movie and also like one of those like really classic which like it's the same era where it's like Mm -hmm. oh okay Mm -hmm. like so the aliens were doing it or it's like so okay you just (laughs) shot him you just yep. shot him in the head. Yep. Never and then we you wa- he might be human. And then we, girl, and mm-hmm. then we watch you burn his body. Like, just drag him out. Like, it's all so sad. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, again, I just can't get over how he just did everything right. Like, yep. that's also why it's so tragic. Because, like, he did. He did everything right. And I also think, as far as movies being made today... I don't think the message that comes across could, I I think it would need a very specific director because a lot of times when people who are trying to like make this kind of a point, sometimes they make it too, they they don't make it seem organic. Whereas this felt so organic. Yes. Like we're trying to teach you something. This was like, oh, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Because like, you know, in your bones, if it had been Barbara on that window, they wouldn't have shot without- yelling out mm-hmm. which, which like, i kind of thought in my head how would it have played out if barbara had been alive and would have seen them and would have known what they had done you know mm-hmm. i mean she probably wouldn't have said anything because who knows if she was ever going to speak again that's true she probably would have started screaming so that would have been a clue and it would have been a great uh move into the 70s uh yes. female heroines who just scream all the just time scream all the time and that's how our movie ends and then every director in the 70s watched it and went huh it's a good thing to do maybe they should do that all the time (laughs) oh man i did of course have to go to his wikipedia page after this Mm -hmm. and um 
He's a big Romero's teacher. Or Dwayne's? No, Dwayne's. Dwayne's. He was a teacher. He died really young, sadly. Aww. Yeah, he had um, a heart problem, it seemed like. Ugh. And so he passed away. But at one point it was, he said that he was afraid everyone only recognized him as Ben. And I'm like, they do. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. You were in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what happens when you have such an iconic role. Uh Uh-huh. No, I don't believe him. I will never believe, even if it wasn't intentional from the beginning, I never believe that he watched those scenes play out between Ben and Cooper, watch Cooper beat the ever loving shit out of Ben, watch him slap a white woman mm-hmm. and was just like, this hits the same. This is the yes. same. I don't believe that. No, um, I was going to say I would maybe believe it if Romero were white, but even so I wouldn't like even white people aren't that thick. Like no. Also, um, just admit it at a certain point. Yes. It's like everyone, all you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I knew what I was doing. I did it. It's like, yeah, you did. Yeah. It's an old movie. It's it an, old an old movie. movie. It's just weird to me because like when I was, you know, real little, I used to think of the 30, uh, the 30s, the 60s as being 30 years ago. Weirdly enough, another 25 years has gone by. <laughs> Not to be this person, but they're making a new Wonder Years, and it takes place during the 90s. Oh, Jesus Christ. So it used to be, yeah, it used to be it was in the 80s and took place, and it was made in the 80s, but took place to the 60s, and now it's just, he's a little kid in the 90s, so, you know. Oof. I mean, I guess I should have seen this coming with, you know, WandaVision having that 90s sitcom episode, and then even newer ones, and like, but like, oh God, I should have known this was coming. But yeah, I'm really happy that we were able to watch one of these classic movies that held up. Yeah. Like one of these classic too. movies that we weren't like dragging the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it made me really interested because I think zombies is the one thing that neither of us are that into. Mm-hmm. So like we have our, our different areas, but neither of us are that into zombie movies. So I haven't seen that many zombie no, movies. neither have I. Which is very um, weird because like I like slashers, but I also like creature features and zombies are technically a creature feature, mm-hmm. but they're their own genre. So it's it's not as fun for me as like an, uh, a shark that's been bred with an octopus. They've gotten really, um, I feel like a lot of horror movie or a lot of zombie horror movies have gotten really gritty in the sense of like, who's the real villain yeah. when the world, who's the real monsters. The real and I'm monsters. like, I get it. I get it. It's us. Like it's us. I get it. It was always well, us. They are always, us. Yes, I get it. <laughs> like, just shoot it in the head, okay? We can have this discussion later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. You're up. All oh, right. um, we wouldn't survive. No one would survive. Nobody survives, yeah. Although, maybe, I was going to say, maybe if we were in, like, the world, but a completely different situation. I was going to say, maybe we would But then we would probably end up like in my fake scenario with Ben dead at our feet and this mob coming in and being like, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I do feel like we could have thrown off the whole dynamic by being two more people who were reasonable and been like, he's right. Like you, you see how he's right, though. And we would have brought more than just tiny little pegs of wood. And you would have thrown all those mouths. You never would have stopped throwing those cocktails. I never would have stopped. You would have been like, this is my plan. They would have been back in the house and I would have just still been hucking them. Like, you were like, this is my artistic expression. I would have had to be slapped just 
get me to stop throwing them. <laughs> and I, we were like, you know what? Fair, fair. I got carried away. You just start lighting all jars as like <laughs> you just start filling up like flower pots and stuff so you can throw them. And it's like, I think we can leave now because she set them all on fire. Like the entire yard's on fire. Like I think now our problem's the fire. fire. It might be the fire now. All right. Tell me a story. Okay. So I decided to go back to my tradition of using this podcast to tell, give little like socio-historical lessons. And I used a PBS web series, I guess, called Monstrum. They did a three-part series on zombies. I only really watched the first one. I wanted to watch all of them, but I needed to stay on task. A New York Times op-ed. There's an episode of NPR's Code Switch about it. I was using like the article version and a BBC Culture article. So I kind of hinted at this earlier, but Romero never called them zombies. He claimed that there was no link between what he created and what we knew of as zombies at the time. He actually based it on book or short story, I Am Legend, which in the movie, they make them zombies because that's what we understand zombies to be now. But at the time they were basically vampires. So I'm gonna talk about what zombies were before Romero came along and changed the entire genre. So picture it, Haiti, 18th century. I'm glad you enjoyed that because that's the last laugh you're going to have for a long time. Okay. Then can (laughs) I make a joke? Yes. Just on the idea of you telling me to picture Haiti in a year in, in like the 1800s or 18th century. Like, Oh yeah. I've got, I've got a definite, definite mental picture of what Haiti looks like in different centuries. Like (laughs) I'm picturing it. Well, don't worry. I'm going to help you picture it. Okay. This is when it's um, under French colonial rule and it's called Saint-Domingue. And I don't know how much you know about French colonialism in Haiti, but it was particularly bad. 90% of the population were enslaved. A third of the Atlantic slave trade ended up, like the people that were abducted, ended up in Haiti. And half of those people died within the first few years that they lived in Haiti because they were worked so hard. Just like brutal. So the term zombie actually has its roots in what they think are some different African languages. And the idea has its roots in West African beliefs. So without getting too deep into the weeds of voodoo or voodoo or hoodoo or all of those things, like they're syncretic religions that kind of developed from different West African beliefs with a little bit of Roman Catholicism put in there because when you take a bunch of people from a bunch of different areas and force them to be the same group, that's kind of just what happens. So one of the fundamental beliefs of Vodou is that there are two parts to the soul. There's basically like your physical body and then there's your mind and both your physical body and your mind can be stolen. So that's kind of where the idea of a zombie comes from. Like it's a, it's a body with no mind. And because of these just like horrible working conditions they were living under, life conditions. A lot of the people who were working as slaves in Haiti died by suicide. But here's a little bit of the Roman Catholicism in here. If you die by suicide, you can't move on to the afterlife. So basically 
you're a zombie at that point, which is a belief that they would use to kind of control the people who were enslaved. Um, you have to keep working because if you die by suicide, you're not going to get to go to the afterlife. So you need to die some other way, which is just, just the worst thing. But then in 1804, the Haitian revolution occurred, which honestly was inevitable because like I said, 90% of the population were enslaved. Like obviously at some point, like you can't, you can't oppress that many people because at some point they're going to go, wow, there are a lot more of us than there are of you. Mm -hmm. Um, so good for them. And right around this like time is when the idea of the zombie morphs slightly. So it becomes more that when you die, it takes your soul some time to move on to the afterlife. And in that time, your body can be stolen and reanimated and controlled by someone. So that's basically, so at that point, that's what a zombie is. A zombie is someone who has died, but then somebody stole their body and is using it to continue to enslave them, which a lot of scholars will argue, like you can see elements to how close they were always like how close the threat was that they were going to end up with a system of enslavement again after the revolution, which I can't say much about. I don't know a whole lot about Haitian history, but basically the U.S. doesn't know a whole lot about this until the U.S. occupation of Haiti from 1915 to 1934. And that's when the story of zombies comes to the United States. So a lot of this is mixed in with the idea that Haiti is this backwards country because it's run by black people. So, you know, when you think of what you know about voodoo today, it's a lot of really negative stereotypes. We kind of touched on that with the child's play and it's because it comes from Haiti. Did mm -hmm. you want to say something? No, I just realized that I was going, mm -hmm, but I put my mic down. So no <laughs> one could tell that so I was just... like making listening noises. Yeah. So I was like, Picked up my mic, just picked up my mic to scope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. The big story was a book called The Magic Island in 1927 by William Seabrook. And I am going to read you this sentence in the BBC Culture article that I want you and everybody listening to know that for every word in this sentence, I would rather swallow a nail than say it out loud into a microphone. But I had to read this sentence. So other people need to hear it. Um, also, there are 20 words in this sentence. So I'd literally rather swallow 20 nails one by one than read this out loud. But I'm not going to be the only one haunted by this. So the BBC Culture article, quote, Seabrook was a self-proclaimed negrophile, a man who embraced primitivism as an ecstatic escape from his privileged white Southern origins. Thoughts? My joke thought is, would you even swallow a nail for the was? And um, <laughs> my non-joke thoughts is gross. Yeah, right? Gross. Like, like What a gross, gross man. Like, what a gross, gross thing. What a gross, gross man. Also, can we just talk about people having spiritual beliefs that are not Christianity, that are valid and um sacred and beautiful and just manipulated to like believe that they're just like terrible things mm -hmm. like terrible or backwards or there's a lot of stuff like that with the beliefs of the indigenous uh people mm -hmm. of this land but also all lands all of them yeah where their beliefs were 
really powerful and really layered and Mm -hmm. were really condensed to be something mocked. And it's like, shut up. Like, yeah, because like I said, the one basic belief that we've talked about is the idea that your soul is two parts. It's your mind and your body. Like, I feel like that's pretty true of uh, Judeo-Christian beliefs too. (laughs) Like there's your physical body and then there's your mind and all together that makes up like something greater than the sum of its parts. Like this specific idea has its roots in living under a brutal colonial enslavement. But anyway, Seabrook wrote this book, The Magic Island, which kind of brings the idea uh, and the word zombie, maybe not the word, maybe it came up, but it bring it really popularizes the idea of zombies um, as based in Haitian beliefs. Um, there's a chapter called Dead Men Working in the Cane Fields where he goes to a plantation because he's like, because he wants to see some zombies um, and describes them like working almost like mindlessly. And he ultimately decides that they're not actually like zombies. They're not the dead reanimated to work mindlessly, but they're just, they're just people who are being I'm sorry exploited. wait hold on <laughs> is this the character in his book does this or he as a man went to a went to a plantation in the south and looked at the people working there and was like are you zombies like well he was in Haiti and to I'm not sure if it was a fictional book or if it was like memoirs I really don't know and I wasn't gonna look no. it up like no I, but I'm just I like I already know too much about this man okay okay go on But that chapter directly inspires the movie White Zombie, which came out in 1935. It's not really starring Bela Lugosi, but any movie that has Bela Lugosi is starring Bela Lugosi. Have you ever seen White Zombie, Meg? I think it won't surprise you to know I haven't. Do you want to know something else not surprising? You have. I have. Yeah. (laughs) So when I watched it, I did not know all of this context. I was just very confused because... It's in that same box set that Night of the Living Dead is in. Oh, okay. And the fact that it was called White Zombie, like it had zombie in the title was very confusing to me because I was like, didn't Romero invent zombies? So I watched it. And I'm going to try to describe the plot of this movie to you just from my memory of having seen it five years ago. Except I will tell you, because I was reading this history over and over again, it is about, um, they are in Haiti and it is about a plantation owner who turn like drugs a woman to turn her into a zombie. I think he's going to marry her. And Bella Lugosi is the one who like gives him the poison, I think. And by describe the plot, I mean, I'm going to describe various scenes to you that I remember. I'm pretty sure this plantation owner is the reincarnated spirit of an Egyptian Pharaoh because it, this, the movie opens with a scene of him being carried in. Like, you know, those chairs that have like the, the poles that where four people carry you in. Mm-hmm. And I remember it specifically because I was watching it and this, this actor is white and playing an Egyptian Pharaoh. So that obviously caught my attention, but then also all the slaves carrying him are black and they are the only black people in a movie set in Haiti, which I thought was kind of weird. And I can't remember if he was like scorned by a woman if he's like trying to turn this, this new woman, like in the, like the present day, the thirties into a woman who already existed. It's, 
it has it hits a lot of the same notes as the mummy honestly okay um, i was thinking that i was like isn't that the thing of the mummy so like remember he's not the pharaoh though he's the right. priest but yes right because you'll remember i watched the mummy for the first time with you within the past year and as i was mm -hmm. watching it it just all seemed very familiar to me and then i was rereading all this stuff and i was like oh right because it's the same as the plot of white zombie like but anyway that's what the term zombie meant up until night of the living dead came out and that's why romero never called them zombies because what he wrote had no nothing to do with these zombies that already existed on film and in haitian beliefs so yes that's my story it's not like no a i little history lesson I love a, story, a little it's a history lesson. I love a little history lesson. History is stories. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if we're th thinking about what's worse, <laughs> slavery. I mean, slavery is worse. Slavery is worse. Um, we're going to be really controversial here and say slavery is worse. And um, everything that you described as far, far as like books and stuff sound a lot worse than anything I've ever read. So... <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So guys, next week we are hitting you with a modern movie, um, <laughs> the possession, That's which how you like, know I didn't pick it. Yes. It's the possession. And Rachel had pointed out there were a lot of movies with the word possession in it. So this is the 2011, 2012, 2012 um, with, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Kira Sedgwick. So if you're looking to watch along with us, it's that possession. Um, and we will hit you up with that. Make sure you are following us and have liked the page on Facebook and on Instagram that you've um, reviewed on Apple podcast. And, you know, any of those posts that we have, click the share, put it to your followers, you know, podcasts, uh, word of mouth is mm -hmm. really how they spread. Um, so yeah, um, do that. And, and thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.